Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello. Welcome back, personal besties. Today's conversation, I'm so excited for you guys to listen to because we're talking all about trying to find a balance. And balance is really tough with a lot of things. And so specifically today, we're talking with Jiggy about finding the balance between having self-discipline and always being go, 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 and then also this self-compassion piece. So if you are someone who you feel like you need to earn rest, right, you need to get a certain amount of things done and be productive in order to then take time off or If you feel like you're someone that can keep pushing themselves, pushing themselves, but you maybe don't know what that end point is, right? Like you'll just keep pushing yourself to reach your goals until you're miserable because you're working so hard. If that sounds like you, then you need to start adding in more self-compassion into your life. So today's conversation, we will be talking about a little bit of both and what that looks like for your life. But before we get started, It would mean so much to me and so much to someone in your life if you were to share this podcast with them. You know, coming up on New Year, a lot of people have big resolutions. They are now goal setting. And a lot of what we talk about in this podcast has to do with goals, either fitness related or not. I think it applies to both and just having the motivation and inspiration that they'll need. So if you enjoy this podcast, you enjoy this episode, please be sure to send it out. It's just live your personal best. I'm sure that they would love to know that you're thinking about them too. And then you guys have something to chit chat over, you know, listening to the same episode. So with that, let's get started into today's episode. What's up and welcome to the Live Your Personal Best podcast. This is the place where I help current and former athletes like you to show up confidently in the gym and in life. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, a former Division I athlete and author of Elite to Everyday Athlete. I'm going to show you how to stay motivated in reaching your goals and how to have more fun doing it. So let's sweat it out and start living your personal best. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we are joined by Jiggy. She's a youth motivational speaker teaching college students how to excel in their craft and prioritize their mental health so they can optimize their performance and continue building their legacy. She believes in the power of both, both self-discipline and self-compassion, beast mode and human, hustle and healing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I know you were reading off the intro that I gave you, but just hearing it from the other side just sounds so cool. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're a really cool person. I'm so excited to get to learn more about you. So I was wondering if we could start off with a little bit about your background and why you became a motivational speaker. Why I became a motivational speaker or why I said yes to my calling, who knows? Um, I think the short story is that when I graduated college and I was working my nine to five job in an office, I just always knew that it wasn't for me. I've always been that kid growing up. I was the black sheep, but also I always wanted to think outside of the box. And even when I went to college, 
I was that rebellious kid who hated job fairs. I don't believe in resumes. I don't believe that a piece of paper can tell you everything I'm capable of. Um, so not surprisingly, once I entered the real world, uh, I was I only had that job for about a year or two after college, graduating college. And then I was like, this isn't for me. I knew right then and there. But I think that I always just felt pulled to become a speaker because I've always wanted to share my life story in whichever way I could. And back in the day, I used to be a rapper and that used to be how I used to express myself and share my story through my music. Um, but once I just kind of stopped that and college came into the picture, my parents said no to signing a record deal. Um, I stepped away from rapping for a while. And once I got into that office job, I was like, I, I was listening to a lot of podcasts um, and a lot of YouTube videos. And I just knew that maybe I'm supposed to be on stage still with the microphone in my hand, but maybe not rapping anymore. Not saying that I was bad. I was great. <laughs> but I think that uh, that's why speaking became so naturally for me. See, I knew you're super cool. I didn't even know about the rapping in your past. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many layers, so many layers. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I'd love to know a little bit more about your story, too, because, you know, you mentioned that you're a black sheep. And I know that, you know, a lot of the things that you talk about is with healing and self-compassion. So is this something that you have always had with yourself? Is it something you had to grow into? How did that happen? It definitely was not something that I had all of my life. It didn't come to my life until maybe five or six years ago. I say that I was a black sheep of the family because I grew up in South Korea. I was born and raised there. And, you know, back in the day, people say that you're just a tomboy and think that it's going to be a phase. But at the time, the word, you know, gay and lesbian weren't really a thing in Korea. It's actually just only now starting to become more recognized in Korea. So back in the day, I didn't even know the word. So I knew that I felt differently. And that was already when I was only seven or eight years old. And once I came to America, when I was 10 or 11, I learned about the word. And I realized that that's something that I identify with. So that's one way that I felt like a black sheep. But another one is that, I mean, typical high standard Asian story, but Academic excellence was definitely the highest pressure that I had growing up. And so all of my focus, all of my energy and time had to go into academic excellence. And there was just not much of self-awareness or emotional intelligence growing up. And so I felt super lonely, super unheard and seen by my family. Um, so whenever I had some sort of emotion in me, they would say that I'm just throwing a tantrum or they would say, oh, let's just wait till she's done crying rather than just sitting down with me and taking time to show compassion. So I grew up lacking a lot of self-compassion, lacking a lot of emotional intelligence, self-awareness, mental health practices, hard work and consistency and perseverance. All those things are not the issue for me, but operating in that way showed up as continuous burnout and cycles of self-sabotage even to a point where one day I did some self-harm things. And it really wasn't until I graduated college, got this job, and you know they say to climb the corporate ladder, work overtime, work during the weekends, work over holidays, and skip through lunch and work through lunch, all those things. I did all of that. I did everything that society told me to do. Um, and then it turned out to be a panic attack at 25 years old. And I said, that's not it. I don't think, I don't believe this is the way that I'm supposed to be operating. And that was truly when I started to explore a little bit more of what does it look like to do both? 
which is the both piece where I wanted to explore what does it look like to practice both self-discipline and self-compassion. My mother passed away when I was 20 years old to cancer, and she's the one who taught me all about hard work. And so picking that up and seeing myself getting a panic attack at 25 years old, I'm like, there's got to be a way there's got to be a different way to do this because I believe that we all have great purpose in life, but there's just no way that we're supposed to pursue that being miserable the entire way. So that's when I started to really explore uh, self-discipline and self-compassion. Yeah, no, I love that. Cause as you kind of mentioned there with your mom, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but you, she had taught you this self-discipline, right? And I think that a lot of times those are things we're taught and then we try to follow it and we're like, why, why don't we feel fulfilled? Why don't we feel like this is working for us? And, you know, self-compassion is something that I don't hear about too much. I, I think you're the first one, you know, that I've ever even said those words on this podcast. So with this idea of self-discipline and self-compassion and having both, like, what does that really look like? Like, what is this idea of both that you have? This idea, this theory, this philosophy of both and all that I have, especially when it comes to any high performer in general, but let's talk about athletes. But really, we all, if we operate as if we all have greatness within ourselves and we work really hard throughout life, whether it's career and job or just, you know, I train jujitsu, it's like on and off the mat. What are, you, what are you doing? Usually when people are really dedicated to their greatness, we are able to dedicate all of our time and energy and commitment into that thing. So yeah, then hard work is required and all of those things. But how come no one really talks about rest or recovery? You just said that you never really heard of the notion of self-compassion before. And that's exactly it. That's because, you know, society tells us that we have to get into beast mode all of the time. Beast mode. I look at Joe's shirts that they're printing. It's like beast mode is always on. It's a lifestyle team, no sleep, um, stay hard and uh, callous the mind and all those things. That's all cool. Um, But nobody is talking about the importance of rest and recovery, which are actually scientifically proven to enhance performance, uh, whether it's desk job or sports wise, athleticism wise, sleep, eight hours of sleep, seven to eight hours of sleep, or just getting to a sleep regimen that works for you. However, team no sleep is more so glorified. So all of those sexy things that are marketable, I think that society is obsessed with trying to prove that we are hard workers. Therefore, that way we are deserving of all these rewards and medals that come with life. However, I think that we are also deserving of rest and recovery. And the notion is that like people believe that we have to work really hard to earn rest. But if we keep operating in that way, we're going to burn out. And by the time we reach burnout, isn't when we need to take rest seriously. Rest is something we should always take seriously. Mental health, taking care of our mental health should have been a thing even before the pandemic in 2020. Self-care should have been a thing. It's, it's not, oh, 2020 happened and all of a sudden I'm realizing that I really need to take care of myself. It's like, why did it take a global pandemic for you to realize that? Um, and nothing wrong with that. But uh, this notion of both and all is self-discipline and self-compassion. And I know that some people worry about, well, rest just feels like an excuse to stop. And that's when I come in and say, well, let's look at the difference between reason and excuse and then just hustle and grind and then applying strategy. So I believe in high performance more so than just hustle and grind because hustle and grind is just putting your head down and getting into it, which is called the flow state. But if we keep doing it and keep doing it without a strategy, then that's how it can lead to burnout. 
Some people don't believe in burnout. I've had people argue with me or try at least. And they would say that burnout is just a lack of focus, um, lack of endurance, whatever it might be. Well, okay, if that's the case, well, endurance can always be built. Yes. But I believe also that as we build it, we have to be able to be sustainable. How do we reach greatness if we don't have sustainability and longevity? And once we get to that greatness, we want to thrive in that greatness. We shouldn't be burnt out by the time we get to that greatness. And so looking at reason and excuse. And if people, anybody watching right now are asking, well, then what, how do you know it's a, how do you know it's reason or excuse? Then I would encourage you to look at the end result of it. The end result is, does it push to be better or in which way? Like, does it push it to be better as in you decide to perform, therefore you get work done? Or does it make you better and you rest and you have more energy to get work done? So really, instead of getting injured in the end, you know? Yeah, I, I love that. You know, thinking about the goal is high performance. The goal is getting to that level of being like your best, right? The goal isn't hustle, 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 work, work, work. And so I think, you mm-hmm. know, with that being so ingrained in us and being so ingrained of the self-discipline and hard work, how does it look like for you of like trying to live that balance? Like, is this something that you plan out of like, I'm writing in my recipe? Like, how do you approach it? How do I approach it? Um, so I am a high performance coach as well. And I am obsessed with strategizing. <laughs> I'm a nerd when it comes to like time blocking, Google Calendar, having a planner, having a whiteboard. I'm a nerd, but that's my superpower. That's where I thrive in. Um, just really believing in time blocking, but also being very clear of my goals. For example, uh, practical takeaways. Every year, I will sit down and put down like the year's goals and then break that down into quarterly, monthly, weekly, and daily goals. All of those should be aligned to get me to where I want to be. And then when it comes to rest, I have the awareness now, but at the same time, continuing to explore as a human being, I have the awareness now of what truly brings me rest. So when I say rest, I don't mean just lounge. I don't mean just do nothing because sometimes doing nothing actually increases anxiety for some people. Sometimes I have clients who actually feel rested after a weekend long of nothing but video games. To me, that's unsettling. But to them, it's energizing. There may be people who enjoy hiking. I don't like hiking, but to them, that is re-energizing. And so I call that, you know, that's the rest awareness, creating self-awareness around rest and effective rest. So when people take PTO, pay time off from work, and then they take the day off and do nothing, but, you know, they're on the couch doing nothing, but on their phone, scrolling away on the social media, they go back to work and they still feel tired. Why? Because being on social media actually takes up the brain's bandwidth. And so we are already exhausted. So creating awareness around what brings you rest. I believe that the most important thing about mental health and self-compassion is that what works for you might not work for somebody else. And what works for somebody else might not work for you. It's not as simple as just repost on Instagram, try it out and build your own um, rest strategy. And then uh, as you time block your week or your day, I say, I always say to put your non-negotiables first. So whatever your priorities are, put that first. That can be lunch. Lunch break, take an actual lunch break. If you can't be away from the computer for at least 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes to have an actual lunch break, that's not 
uh, I'm running out of time problem. That's not I'm on a I'm on a grind problem. That's you not strategizing 15 minutes of break into your strategy problem. Uh, non-negotiables like gym, meal prep, all those things. I say that because it's so easy to let those things go and put work for first or something else first. But as that piles up, it deteriorates our health. And that's why I say that when it's a non-negotiable, it's a non-negotiable. You better do that first. And so put that rest there, um, the clocking out time, be stern about it. Really hold yourself accountable when it comes to your rest and recovery periods. Yeah, no, I'm definitely a strategy person too. So I love that you were framing it in that way. And definitely, you know, like taking the time to see what is actually restful for you. Because I think, you know, when we put this huge thing on it and call it self-care, it's like, well, what is the self-care for you, right? I do like hiking. You don't like hiking. So it's, yeah, definitely, you know, trying to figure out what actually does give you rest and not make you more anxious or tires you out. So I love that you brought that up. And I know that, you know, you're an athlete too. You've been an athlete your whole life. And right now you do jujitsu, which is awesome, by the way, I'd love to hear about how, you know, you being an athlete, how you have self-compassion with your whole fitness journey too. My whole fitness journey has been all about constantly practicing self-compassion to this day, just because I talk about self-compassion doesn't mean that I have it perfectly either. I, I too have my own support system. I too have people calling me out to practice more self-compassion because at the end of the day, like I do have high performance in my blood. I grew up that way. So I am my hardest critic. I am the hardest on myself. So yeah, I do have to be uh, reminded of practicing self-compassion. My entire fitness journey, to be honest, like I've done a lot of different things. I grew up playing basketball, softball, varsity, hello. And then, um, yeah, I've done CrossFit. I've competed in CrossFit. I've done bodybuilding, a little bit of weightlifting and powerlifting, and then now Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu. I am no longer competing in Jiu-Jitsu whatsoever, and I don't plan on competing in Muay Thai either. But me being me, I like to be good at everything. (laughs) And so it's um it's a fine balance of like doing it to really have fun and enjoy myself but at the same time i do want to improve i do want to be excellent i do want to be the greatest at some of these things i'm not saying that i'm going to be the greatest fighter in the world but i would love to be able to get to a level where i can walk in a room and just not be afraid of anybody which i am able to do now because i work so hard but i do get obsessed i do get obsessed over progress and seeing progress and experiencing progress so when i don't experience that for a while i can go crazy and those are usually the moments when i might have what does crazy look like well it looks like self sabotage and my self talk as well as just showing up more to classes when I should be focused on my my own business? Why am I spending six hours training when I need to be focused on my business? That six hours should be going into my business. Um, So just really checking back into why I do what I do and what really is priority for me. Self-care is priority. Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai are priorities for me because I enjoy those things and they keep me sane. But I constantly have to check in with myself like, I know this is important, but am I having fun too? And I think that fun is important. I think that I've lived so much of my life not having fun and I was just miserable that I think there's nothing wrong with having fun. Actually, enthusiasm enhances performance and that's also scientifically proven. So yeah, I'm constantly checking in with myself, uh, asking myself, am I having fun? 
checking in with myself why I am doing what I'm doing, encouraging myself to continue showing up. And when progress, when that day comes, when I get to land a real good hook on a man that's like six feet tall or just submit somebody else in jujitsu, whatever that might look like. Little moments, celebrating little moments. Uh, I think setting small goals is really important. If you read, what is it, Atomic Habits, they talk about how important small goals, celebrating small things are to keep your enthusiasm up and the momentum up. So yeah, I believe in small goals. Yeah. No, I think the part that you mentioned here and the part that you know, it's really hard to struggle with is you said, you know, fitness is a priority of yours and jujitsu was a priority of yours, but there's still a point where, you know, something can be your priority, but you're still spending too much time on it or you're still giving too much energy to it. And so it's always that hard part of like, okay, like, am I giving too much or like, you know, just because it's a priority, you don't have to commit to it a thousand percent and put everything in your life on hold for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a professional fighter. You know, my my partner is actually a professional fighter. And here I was actually I was training more than she was. And that's that's somewhere where I need to check in. You know, I, I have my own business that's just starting off and I need to really focus on that. And that doesn't mean that I can't do both because I am the queen of both and all. I, I believe that I can and I have. But I actually got into a car accident a, a month ago and I got a back injury. So I had to step uh, step away from training for a little bit and it's making me realize how much time and energy I was spending on Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu and you know what I found out you know I have a lot more energy when I'm not getting punched in the face every day or getting choked out every day so now I'm able to just really align realign my energy with what I'm supposed to be doing um, I do miss training yes but now it's helping me realize like I really need to better strategize. I really need to better prioritize what's important right now in this moment. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And then, you know, if you were to start working with someone who might be a beginner on this journey, right? Maybe they've never had this like self-compassion talk before. Where do you recommend people start? Like what is step one in this journey? You can talk to me. What's wrong with that? You can go to my website. You can work with me as a client or you can go on my Instagram page. But I think that self-awareness is always going to be number one. Does that mean that you ask yourself why you have such a proving energy as to why you want to perform all of the time? Because, uh, for example, some of my clients have that because in childhood, they never got really many affirmation from their parents. So they feel as though they need to keep showing up. Um, and nothing's ever good enough because they weren't really rewarded so much. Do you have approving energy because you feel as though you're not enough? What does enough look like for you? I'm big on self-reflection questions. So those are the kind of things that like I, I, I always want to dig into the why and the root cause of things just because I believe in just cutting things off from the root if it's not serving us. So, yeah, I would say to raise your level of self-awareness and really check in with yourself why you are performing the way that you are. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. I'm just asking you to gently check in with yourself. Like, why is it that you you do things the way that you do at the capacity that you do, at the consistency that you do? Are you trying to prove something to somebody else? Like, I know people operating, like, I ain't got nothing to prove. Like, I ain't nothing to lose. And I, I only the only person I need to prove something to is myself. And, but yeah, I get it. Like, it's like a poster. They say it. It's a quote. I get it. But it's like, but like, why though? Like, why do you feel as though you need to prove anything at all, especially to yourself? Like, what is the intention behind it? 
Yeah. I love that self-awareness piece that you brought up. Like, I think you only asked one self-awareness question and it's still like sticking with me of, you know, like what is enough? Because in your situation, you know, you were saying you were training more than your professional fighter girlfriend. And it's like, okay, if you haven't defined for yourself, you know, what is enough, then that's where you see yourself. You know, you can get on to the multiple hours every single day. And if you don't define that for yourself, yeah, you can kind of get stuck always pushing for more. So I think that's huge. I love that self-advice. Yeah, I will clarify what I mean by enough. So because I know that there are people watching who are going to be like, nothing is ever enough and never be content. And I know there's people out there like that. I don't mean enough as in you're totally just satisfied and content. And it's like this, this point that you reach where you suddenly just step off and you become lazy and stop putting in effort. That's not what I'm saying as in like what enough means. What I'm saying is that if you're seeing patterns of self-sabotage or burnout, like why though that means that you went over the limit i'm asking you what is your limit of um i don't want to say capacity because somebody out there is gonna be like i can i can never be stopped but but our environment is like the toxic hustle mentality is so oh there's so many layers um but yeah what i mean by enough is just i think that the heart knows what enough might be and the once the intention of doing something surpasses your heart's desires and all of a sudden it's overflowing into burnout and self-sabotage. That's where you really want to check in as to why that is. Um, I think that people look at the lens of self-discipline in terms of like discipline, beast mode, wake up early in the morning, rah, like all these, you know, really aggressive angle of looking at self-discipline. But if we look at self-discipline from a different angle, it's truly just keeping the promises that we made to ourselves. So if we are making promises to ourselves, we're setting goals because we know that we are deserving of great things in life. And that's why we're setting those goals. Like, what does it look like? What does discipline look like if we were a little bit more graceful, a little bit more gentle with it? And also another check-in question is like, is is what you're doing right now, is it self-discipline or is it self-sabotage? Because there can be really toxic influencers out there who are just like talking so much about self-discipline, but then really you look at them and it's just like, oh my gosh, who hurt you? Like, oh my gosh, like you're not a greatest influencer at all. Um, so yeah, we're just really being careful about what is the fine line for you with self-discipline and self-sabotage. Oh, I see so much of that toxic messaging. I know exactly where you're talking about too. That's so funny. Well, I've loved this whole conversation. Is there any one last piece of advice you'd love to leave everyone with? I'll just uh, plug myself. I always say that there is no excellence without self-compassion. Again, we're looking at sustainability and longevity of life and things. And most importantly, I say that as a daughter of a mother who passed away from cancer and a week after she passed away, we finally got our green card in the mail. And I still have my mom's green card to this day. We, she worked over 10 years for that thing and she didn't get to live to see the day uh, that we all got our green card. So um, if you're not doing it for, you know, if you don't care about your own longevity, just think about your next generation to come. Think about the people that you love. Uh, I think that everybody would love to celebrate you and your greatness as well. So you are deserving of sustainable happiness you are deserving of sustainable happiness so really tap into the notion there is no excellence without self-compassion
That is a wonderful message to leave us on. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can everyone find you, follow you, all of that? You can find me on my website at www.jiggyyoon.com and on Instagram uh, slash jiggy underscore yoon. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.